Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful, beautiful day. Thank you that we are alive this morning again to testify of your faithfulness and your goodness. Thank you for the things that you have done. Thank you for the things that you're doing. Thank you for the things that you will do in the days to come. Thank you, our Lord and our God. Where do we start from? If you have a million things, there will still not be enough to thank you with. Father, thank you. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for giving to us. Thank you for making a way for us. Thank you so much for the birth of so many new babies, even in these past few days, in these past few months. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word that will go forth with clarity, with power, with precision this morning. Thank you for giving your people hearing ears, seeing eyes, and a listening heart. Thank you because everyone will hear with accuracy and with precision. And Lord, we give you all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to let us know that Ivy and Stanley and the brand new boy, they are all back at home. Amen. And let's shower them with love. Uh, let's give them a call. Let's uh, let them know that we love them. Anything that happens to anyone, let's surround the person with love. You know, what goes around? What? comes around. Let them know that we truly care for them and, and care for the baby. Amen. Let them know that they're special. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So give them a call. You know, visit them and uh, what can you do? What, you know, and everything like that. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I sense that it's a season of boys. If you, if you want the boy now, this is about time. You know. Because this season will change again to go to girls. There'll be another season of girls. And then it will change again to be boys. Amen. And praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It will be about the third boy in three months. You know. So, you know, it will go like that. And then the girls will come. And then boys will come. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So this morning, we'll continue again in accurate pattern for building the house of God. Please, I want to encourage you, go back to the website. Download these messages. Listen to them. I got a call from someone not in Melbourne, not in Victoria, not in Australia. Even outside, overseas, saying, I've been listening to these messages and they bless me. Anytime I hear people calling from outside and they say, look at what God has done because of the message. Look at what God has done because of what I've heard. Look at what God has done. My heart always will go out to our people. I say, how about those who are under the sound of my voice, Lord. I want them to also be able to follow this. Don't, don't take these words for granted. Go back and listen. Download them. 
play there when you are driving to work instead of listening to the news that says an earthquake of this or this one happened there or this one that happened there or this kidnapping took place there or this thing. Why don't you just listen to this one that will impart life? That will strengthen your faith. That will build you up. So that you are strong in the midst of circumstances, in the midst of situations. Take time. And I want to encourage us to listen to the Spirit Life devotional. Take time to listen to them every morning. Play them to the children. Let them hear. Because those words are not just, okay, what are we going to give them again? Okay, okay. No, 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 no. You know, Heaven, it's an impute from heaven into our lives on a daily basis. To let us know that this is what God is saying. The series, I got a text, I can read it to you. Maybe I should read it. Somebody send this to me. A registrar, you know, not here. I'm talking from the Ministry of Justice. Registrar is almost like a judge. Back, and she, she, she sent, this, sent me this text. He said this to me. I want to read it to you. I just don't want to quote it offhand. He said, thank you so much for the teachings on faith and hope in the Lord. I was really blessed. I pray for more grace and greater exploits for you in Jesus' name. This is a register. This is, this is somebody that you say, uh, those of us who are familiar with the legal, whatever. This is, uh, from this position, you become a high court judge. That sent this to me. I said, I've been so blessed by the teachings. How about you? Have you been listening to it? Have you been listening to it? Have you been, are you running with it? How about you? Get these messages, download them, put them on your phone. When you're driving, listen to them. They will do a lot of things in your life. You will give them time. My son, what? Attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sins. Don't let them depart from your word. Keep them in the midst of your, for their life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. We will continue in this again today, this morning. Amen? Uh, because we are looking at how to build accurately. When we are talking about accurate pattern for building the house of God, I'm not talking about mortar and bricks. Hello? Because, okay, maybe pastor, is because we are in the process of, we are, we are, you know, in, in concerning our new building, pastor is talking about how to put the building out. To put, I'm not talking about bricks at all. Are bricks, new buildings important? Absolutely. But I'm talking much more about you. Primarily about you. How do you build? 600,000 people left Egypt, not just one. 600,000 what? Men left Egypt. Besides what? Women and what? Children. Can I show you? I've showed you before. I don't have the time today. How many left Egypt? If you add the women, if you add the children, like how many? About two million, two to three million. How many entered? Two. If you add the bones of Joseph, 
three. What happened? Was that the plan of God? Was that the will of God for them? They left the pomp and pageantry. Read the Bible. When they crossed Red Sea, the women led the singing. Miriam led them. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his riders have been thrown into the sea. Then what happened? Why didn't they enter in? Why didn't they enter in? You know, the moment they left Egypt, God started instructing them how to what proceed. He said, build me a sanctuary. Build me a tabernacle that I may dwell in them. He told them what to do. He didn't just leave them. He didn't just abandon them. I've said this many times, delegation without supervision is abandonment. When you delegate, you must supervise. If you don't supervise, you have abandoned the person. So he didn't just leave them. He didn't just say go and then left them. No, he told them what to do. Gave them specific instructions how to proceed. Can I show you? You know, I, I sat beside my desk and I was looking at this. Let, let's, go, let, let's go to Exodus 25, 8 and 9. Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9. After leaving Egypt... Exodus 20, 25, 8 and 9. He said, and this is God's. He said, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. According, verse 9, according to all that I show them, that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of its furnishing, just so you shall make it. Let them make me a sanctuary. You know, as I sat at my desk yesterday afternoon, and I was looking at the scriptures again, he just came to me and he said, he said, tell them, tell them that I want to dwell amidst my people. Tell them that I want to dwell and abide in them. I just do not want to manifest myself from time to time. He said, tell them I could hear the heart of the Father. I could hear the cry in the heart, in the father's heart, saying, I just don't want to be a visitor to them. Visitors come and what? And go. He said, I want to dwell amidst them. I want to dwell in them. I want to abide in them. And I could hear him again saying, Tell them. He said, Tell them. And I'm saying this, carrying out the instruction from the father. And I'm telling you that God wants to dwell in you. God wants to abide in you. He just does not want to come and what? Go. That is when we are in church or when you are listening to a message like this. Oh, God is amidst us. No. God wants to dwell. That wherever you go, that is why the church is not a building. The church, our church is what? The redeemed of the Lord. God's people. That means that when we finish the service and we go, church is going home. When we come to this place, church has come to this place. The moment we depart from here, it is no longer church, it's just a hall. What makes this church is the presence of God in the midst of his people. Midst of his people. Let me read it to you from the easy to read translation. It's a the people will build a holy place for me. 
so that I can live amongst them. And I will show you, can you see the reason why God is designing to live amongst us so that God can show us. And I will show you what the holy tent is. Because when it's abiding, then God can instruct. If it's not abiding, then you lack what? Instruction. Instruction is, a, is like having the GPS you need to go from one place to another or to reach destination. So he said, let me build this sanctuary so that I can live amidst them and guide them through to destination. Amen. So that I can live amongst them. And I will show you what the holy tent and everything in it should look like. Build everything exactly as I will show you. And I need to talk to parents quickly. I know. You said, these are my children. But I want you to hear me very clearly. They're not primarily your children. They've been given to you to raise on his behalf. Because children are the heritage of the Lord. What does that mean? Children belongs to God. And the fruit of the womb is her reward. That's what the Bible says. And that's why the Bible says, what? Train them up. What does that mean? Train them what? Up. What does training, what does it mean? It's not to teach them. It's not just to talk to them. It's not to tell them what to do. It's to what? To instruct them and be an example to them. To train means to instruct and be an example. Let them see in you what you are telling them to do. I can tell you children will follow what you are doing, not what you are saying. So when you say, do these, let them see you. Let them see an example in you. Why am I saying this? And I hear this very clearly because it will come and ask you, especially as parents, as mother, as father, what you have done with the gift that he gave to you. One of the challenges of modern day is what is called juvenile delinquency. What does that mean? A lot of children that are having issues, having problems, and the, the heart of the father is pained because he didn't create them for that. How many children today are on drugs? How many children today are wasting away? One of us was telling me about the situation that happened to someone yesterday. He was telling me yesterday, not here in Australia, what happened, and was that a close friend of his told me his name, how the person was killed at the age of 30. I didn't know the boy. I didn't have not, you know, I didn't, I never met him, but my heart was pained as a parent because I could like, what about his parents? How about those who trained him? How about those who gave back to him? Look at the laws. After raising up a child, he was going to go and start his first job. After graduating, you know that in Africa, graduation does not mean getting a job. <laughs> it doesn't mean getting a job. <laughs> and even here too, it doesn't mean, but it's worse over there. You know, graduating and waiting and praying and this and that. And then just about when he was about to start the job, he was killed. 
And he said this. What struck me was this. He said, he's the, the person, he said, one thing about this ball is that the boy will only hear what? Uh, to put it very simply, not very obedient. He will only do what? And I said, what? But he's gone now. How about the pain that he's left behind? Please, let's train these children up. Let's connect them to God's destiny for them. Find time for them. Invest in them. Don't, tell, don't, don't, don't let them know you are too busy for them. In the midst of the business of life, create time. Let them know that you are there for them. In fact, make them your priority. Because they are the picture you are sending to a future you may never see. When you've left planet Earth, it is the children that will be your picture. You may say, but I'll hang my picture on the wall. How many people will be looking at the one on the wall? The one they'll be looking at is what? The one that hair. Train them up. Invest in them. If they're not walking in the way of the Lord, cry to the Father. Because it's ultimately their father. It's so important. And especially when they're young. When they're already grown, it's difficult. I'm telling you, it's not easy. When they're in their teens, it's not easy. You need the grace of God to intervene. But when they're small, when they're two, when they're three, when they're four, invest in them. Train them. And can I submit to you that involves smacking them? Hey, don't let Danny Andrew here. You will not be there forever. What happens when it's gone? They'll be left with you. You'll be left with them. Smack them. They're not my words. They're the words of the master. Foolishness, what? But the rod of correction will drive them out. Is the rod of correction and not abuse. They are not the same. They are not the same. Train them up. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're talking about accurate building of the house of God. Amen. And what are we talking about? I'm talking about you. We're talking about, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And then from verse number 9. Because I want you to get this very, very clearly. That I'm talking about you. I'm not just talking about, oh yes, mortar and brick. Verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 3 verse number 9. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field you are God's building. I'll repeat again. For you are what? God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace which God, grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Eleven. For no other foundation can anyone lay 
than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, with silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test it. You know, I, I say some things. When I say some words or make a statement, they are not just, I just don't coin them. They are words that are inspired or given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit from this word. Each one's work will be tested by what? Fire. That's why I always say that God does not use what? An untested vessel. He will test you and he will use you. Before he will use you. So do you not know that you are the temple of God? Who is the temple of God? The brick? The mortar? No. He said you are the temple of God. And the spirit of God. Where is the spirit of God? Amen. Dwells in you. He said, don't you know this? That you are the temple of God. Do you know when you depart from this place and you look, the temple of God is going where? Let's say you are going to St. Albans. The temple of God is going to where? And you enter fish market in St. Albans. The temple of God is where? And you go to where again? You park and you go to full square. And then you are at the, at the full square market. How, how much is this? The, the temple of God is at where? It's full screen. Don't you know that? You are the temple of God. And you enter Costco from full screen where the temple of God is now where? In Costco. You are the temple of God. Amen. That is why lockdown cannot stop the church. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've lived in an environment. I've lived in a place. I've ministered in a place that not just lockdown, following Christ, you could actually be at risk of your life. I got somebody, a senior person in immigrations in Nigeria, but from the from from the from the royal palace, I mean from the for, that gave his heart to the Lord and could not, because if they found out, they would kill him. And he will come to me during the day. And I will instruct him. I will, you know, teach him the word. He said, Pastor, I can't come during the main, during the service. I can't come. If they find me, they will kill me. Very senior official. Very senior official. Even though they, they, they wouldn't allow him or because of his life, was, was it stopping what God was doing in his life? Lockdown cannot stop the church. And that is why my assignment is made it very clear to me. My assignment in this world is to build you up. That's my assignment. I'm a builder. Is to build you up, properly instruct you so that you can stand the test of what? The test of life and the test of time. So that you will not be swayed by the challenges that will come to you. So that you know the God that you are serving. So that you'll be confident of the one that has called you. So that you will know that because he lives, you can face tomorrow. That's so that you will know that no matter the circumstance of your life today, that he will do what he says he will what? He will do. When God spoke concerning Ivy in 2018, that your child is on the way. 2000 and what? As the child. Are we not celebrating the child now? Are we not dancing with the child? Are we not seeing the child now? That is my assignment, to build you up. 
And that is what, that is what, you know, uh, that is the assignment that God has given to the church. And I must admit that there are many, in many places that is not being done. People are not being instructed. They're not being instructed. And that is why many will not be able to stand the test of life. So why didn't they enter the promised land? Why? This is part of the reason. Why? And that is why we must train ourselves. And I told you last week, look at it. He said, are you know what? You are the building that God is what? Building. Uh, 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 that is not very clear. Let me again take you to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Are we there? From verse number 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer what? Strangers and what? Foreigners. But what? Fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Are there those who are strangers and foreigners? Who are strangers and foreigners in the church? When you are an alien to the commonwealth of Israel and stranger to the covenant of promise. Being part of the church is not just by attending or it's not just by attendance. Being part of the church is by being what? Being a partaker of the covenant of promise. The church is not, oh yes, I belonged. Uh, 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 many, many years ago I was ministering and I asked somebody, are you a Christian? And the person said, ah, ah. He almost felt insulted and I asked him. I said, are you a Christian? He said, yes. He said, my name is Peter. I'm serious. I said, ah. I said, it's not by name. It's not by name. Sometimes people say, do you know that I was born into a Christian home? It's not the faith of the father does not determine the faith of the child. Everyone must know God for himself. Hello? Have you known that they can ask you? I say, how tall are you? I say, my father is 5'10". Would they take that from you? You say, my father is 5'10". They say, no, we're not asking for the height of your father. We're asking for your own height. So how tall are you? Not the heart of your father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every one of us must know God for ourselves. Look how he is. He said, you're no longer stranger and foreigner, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on what foundation of the apostolic and the prophetic. What is the apostolic? Knowing that you, you have been sent. You have an assignment from heaven. It's not just about coming to dance and then we'll go every Sunday. Hello? Hello? That you have an assignment. There's a calling of God upon your life. Are you saying that I'm a pastor? I didn't say that. I said, but there's a calling of God upon your life. That's why we're talking about the seven mountains. What is the seven mountains? That's why you need to attend apostolic training school. Seven mountains of human endeavor. There's a calling. You may not be called to be a pastor, but you're being called. There's nobody that is irrelevant. There's nobody that is just there and a number. Many times we miss you. See how many people attended the church? How many people do you have in the church? How many people? It's not how many people. What, what is happening to the lives of those people? What is happening to their lives? How are they connected with God? How are they connecting with God? How are they, what is happening to them? He said, you are no longer strangers. You are no longer foreigners. 
but fellow citizens with the saints, having been built on what? The foundation of the apostle. And then what? The prophet. What does that mean? The prophetic. That you are what? What is God saying about your life? Your life must be built according to pattern. If you are not hearing, how do you do? And Jesus Christ himself being the chief word, cornerstone, in whom the whole building, everybody say the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Do you know one thing? Sometimes eh, it's the whole building. There's the different parts of the building. Which part are you? Are you the door? Are you the window? Are you the, the which part of it are you? If you come to church like this and you're listening, oh, pastor is preaching. Am, am I the church? Is pastor the church? No. Do you know there are people that got these things ready? Did that did that worship? How about those who prepared the communion? Those who did all of that? Everybody playing their role, playing their part. And God will reward each one. That is why you must also play your role too. And in the days to come, we have, that's what we have different areas of ministry. The hospitality team, the, the ushering team, this team, that team, is to ensure that the whole house is being built and managed well. And are we building, look at 22, in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the, in the spirit. Let me read it to you from TPT. The entire building is under construction <laughs> and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises upward, completed as the whole temple of the Lord himself. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Paul called himself a wise master builder. Can I take, take you to the perfect master builder to tell us how to build our lives? Paul called himself wise because he received wisdom to build. But let me take you to the one who gave the wisdom so that we can build according to what? According to pattern. And let's go to the exposition of Jesus on the church where he mentioned the church for the very first time. The church is the force establishing the kingdom of God on the earth. The church in the, is the instrument of dominion of God upon the face of the earth. The church is so essential to implementing the will of God on the face of the earth. And that is why God will hold the church responsible for the things that are happening in our cities and in our nations. How do you build? Matthew 16 from verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John what? Some what? Elijah. And others what? Or one of the... And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Uh, was he taking an opinion poll? 
Was it commissioned my God? I mean, what do you call it now? To take opinion poll? No. I told you, God builds from inside to where? To outside. God wants to walk in us before he will walk through us. God wants to come to us before he will come for us. Your becoming is very important to you and much more important than your doing. Because when you have become, God can easily walk through you. Amen. And But he now turned to them and said, but who do you say that I am? I'm, I'm concentrating on verse number 16 and part of 17 this morning. He asked them, but who do you say? He said, what do people say that I am? They said he was Elijah. He was what? Jeremiah. He was what? John the Baptist. And he was what? One of the prophets. Were they right? I can't hear you. Were they right? Were these people, those who were just outside or those that he just fed? Fed. fed. How many people will you classify them to be 5,000 besides women and children? How many? What? 20,000? Supposing 20,000 gather together for a church service, how excited will you be? And say what? God is well. He's moving. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm telling y'all. Somebody count every one of us. We are 20,000. But he was not excited with that. He turned to his disciples, all these many people, who do they say that I am? And he said, Elijah. He said, Elijah? I thought they were, I thought they knew me. Elijah? They said, John the Baptist? They said, Jeremiah? Do you think he would have been excited with these answers? No. Because they didn't know him. Be careful to call the crowd church. Hello? Be careful to call what? The crowd church. Because you don't become part of the church by label. It is something that has happened in your heart. Be careful. He now turned to them, but who do you say? And Peter now said what? You are the... You are the Christ. You are the Christ. For the very first time, someone identified him as, as Christ. This is the very first time that somebody would identify him. You know, we call him Jesus Christ. Was Christ his surname? Hello? I said, was Christ his surname? The way we say, Midi. What's your full name? Ademide Oladejo. Is that the way you say Jesus Christ? Oladejo being the surname. What's the surname? John Smith. Do we, were they calling him Mr. Christ when he was here? Oh, Mr. Christ is here. Can you talk to us? No. Christ was not his surname.
Jesus the man gave Christ the God the opportunity to display himself. Jesus the man opened his life and his body and his natural life to God the Christ to manifest. Christ when Peter said you are the Christ, he located the purpose and the reason why he came. What is the meaning of the word Christ? What does it mean? It means what? Are you sure? You sure? It means Messiah? It means Messiah? What's the meaning of Christ? Christ means Messiah. Is the word Messiah in Hebrew? Messiah. What is the meaning of the word Messiah? Savior. It's the same name, Jehoshua, in Hebrew. Joshua means Savior. For you shall call his name, for he shall save his people from their sins. But not just. Maybe we should look at it. Can somebody read to me the easy to read version? Matthew 16, verse number 16. Easy to read version. What does it say? So that you can see it there. Matthew 16, verse number 16. What does it say? Sixteen. Easy to read version. Simon Peter. Yes, continue. Can you see that? You are the Messiah. The son of the living God. You are the Messiah. You are the savior of the world. You are the savior we've been looking for. You're the savior we've been waiting for. You are the savior. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The word Christ also means, is the word Christos, which means the anointed one. The anointed one. He was the anointed one. He is the anointed one. Let's look at the same verse in TPT. Can you read it again in TPT? Matthew 16, verse 16. Can you see that? You are the anointed one. The son of the living God. The word Christ means Messiah in Hebrew. And it means the anointed one in Greek. What is the purpose of the anointing? What? What is the purpose of the anointing? To what? The purpose of the anointing is to remove burdens and yokes. So he came to what? To break the power of the enemy over humanity and to deliver man from the heavy burden of sin and the yoke of sickness and disease and lack that the enemy had released to devastate lives. He came to save the world from their sins. So Peter said, oh, you are the one. 
You are the Christ. You are the Savior. You are the one that has been sent to save us and to remove the burden of sin and the yoke of the enemy over our lives. That is why in Isaiah 10, 27, Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass, Isaiah 10, 27, in that day, let's go there, 10, 27, Isaiah 10, 27. Are we there? It shall come to pass where? In that day. What day? In that day. It shall come to pass in what? In that day. What day? The day Christ eventually will, will manifest. When eternity will enter into time. It shall come to pass in that day. Can you give it to me in KJV? King James Version. It shall come to pass in that day. Yes. Can you read it for me in King James Version? KJV. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day. Yes. His body shall be taken away. Or from thy shoulders. Of thy neck. Yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It shall come to pass in that day. When the body shall be lifted. When it, that's why the doctors looked at it and said, how did this come to pass? How did this come? How are you able to do this? Because of what? The anointing. That is why you can look at what others will call impossible and say, let's trust God. And then what? The anointing will come in. The grace of God will be at work. And then what? Suddenly, what is looking impossible to others becomes what? Possible. That is why you can be told that if you apply for that thing, it will take 10 years. It will take a lifetime. It can take 20 years. You can take 30 years. And we say, let's continue to trust God. And then what? The anointing what? And then the file is removed and then pew, it is what? And wow, how did that happen? How did that happen? It shall come to pass in that day when the burden shall be what? Lift. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Can I show you in the New Testament? Acts 10 38. Acts 10 38. Something more than gold. Something more than silver. The spirit of God in the lives of men is something more than the moment you know. <laughs> oh, Acts 10, 38. How God, what again? Anointed what? With the Holy Ghost and with? And how he went about doing and healing all who are what? Because God was with, the time has come. When those of us, you and I, carrying the anointing, walking the anointing, with the anointing living inside of us, that people around us, we need to start to see it, that there's something different about your life. The anointing. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What was the response of Jesus? And I will close here. And what did Jesus say? That is not what he said. 
What did he say? Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Simon what? Uh, was Bajuna his own name? Blessed are you what? Simon, son of Jonah. Blessed are what? You. Jesus said he was blessed because of what was what? Revealed to him. I spoke, the first thing when I spoke about, I spoke about the revelation of Christ. And I'm speaking about the revelation of the blessing. And some of us need to hear me very, very clearly. Because I listen to people. And you compare blessing to material things. You say blessing, you know that man has been blessed. He just bought a new car. He's been, he's been blessed. That man has been blessed. He just built another house. He's been blessed. You know, that man has been blessed. A, a drug warlord with the biggest house in town. Will you call him blessed? Hello? Will you call him blessed? Biggest house in town? Is a drug trafficker? Loaded? Will you call him blessed? To you, it might be until, until Operation Earthquake will Will you call him blessed? So what is the blessing when you say, blessed are you, Simon what? By Jonah. What was he telling him? Is blessing money? Is blessing riches? Because of what Simon said, you said, Simon, now 50,000 shekel is being deposited into your account by now because of what you said? No. Was any money deposited into his account? Then why did Jesus call him blessed? What is the blessing? What is the blessing? I should know because that's the name of my first daughter. The name is blessing. And as I have blessing in my house. Blessing. So what's the meaning of, of blessing? What is the blessing? Ah. Proverbs 10, 22. Let's go to it. Blessing. What is the blessing? So when you're saying blessing, when you say, oh, that is the reason why because of what you, 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 you look at yourself based on what you have and what you don't have. You don't know that there's something on you or there's someone in your life that is far, far greater than what? The material things. The blessing what? Everyone say the blessing. Everyone say the blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes one. Meaning that blessing and riches are not the same. Can blessing produce riches? Absolutely. That's what it says here. But blessing and riches are not what? The, but the blessing of the Lord makes one. And adds no what? No sorrow to it. The blessing is meant to take away sorrow. Has no sorrow to it. What is the blessing? Let me go to where the blessing was mentioned for the first time. It's called the law of first mention. What is the blessing? If I look at somebody and I say, are you blessed? I say, oh, Pastor, I'm still trusting God. What is the blessing? <laughs> 
Why, why would the response come like that? Because the person is looking at himself. Looking at himself. One day we were praying. I said, if you're a saint, put up your hands. Nobody did. Somebody did like this. Why? Wasn't too sure. The person who did like that just laughed just now. I won't mention the name. He just did like <laughs> But the hand didn't go far. It just like hair. All the others just put the hand. Why? Because they were looking at themselves. You're looking at themselves. And maybe you're looking at the fact that but I've not performed any miracle yet. No. You know what the Bible says? If any man be in Christ, you are a sin because you are in Christ. It's not about who you are, but about who he is in your life. So when he's working in you, then your life can conform to his life. First off and foremost is about you becoming, not about your doing. So what is the blessing? Genesis 1, 26. And I will close there. Genesis 1, 26. The revelation of the blessing. From today, be very, very, I'm going to read to us from the Amplified. What is the blessing? And God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness. Let them have complete authority over the fish, over the sea, the birds and the air, and then the beasts and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 28. And God what? And God said to, to the man that he has created. The word man is not male. The word man is not what? It's not male. When the word used the word man here, he's using the word what? Is using the word Adam. Adam means what? Mankind. So you have male sons and then female sons. Is the word Adam, the word mankind. And he now said to them, What? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living creature that moves upon the earth. I'll read it again from the message. And God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. <laughs> this is the challenge with the church. Because we've been made in his image to reflect his, what is, the, what is his nature? What is the nature of God? The nature of God is love. That is why love must characterize our life. What is love? 50-50 love. You do me, I do you. 
If you love me, I'll love you. What is love? What is love? Love is the nature of Christ. Many believers are not working in love. Many believers, you relate with people. If they are nice to you, you are nice to them. If they are what? If they are not nice to you, you too, I'll, I'll, I'll show them. I will show them. Many times we're not working in love. So we're not carrying the nature of the father. We're not reflecting the nature of the father. Can I tell you about the wife of Smee? How many of us have heard of Smee Wigglesworth? Smee Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth was mightily used of God. He was, he raised about 17 men, I mean people from the dead in his life and ministry. Today, you still, they still refer to him as the apostle of faith. It was so wonderful. But Smith was not, he, he didn't start out by going to church. In fact, he didn't, wasn't, he was a plumber. But his wife was committed. Because he saw the way his wife was doing, he banned her from going to church. That if you want to remain my wife, you must stop going to church. Because he was convinced, convicted by her life and the way he was living. One day he went out and the wife quickly went to church. But he didn't know that she would return. She, she didn't know that he would return early. And by the time she came back from church, Smith was already home. <laughs> and it was winter. You know what Smith did? He went and locked the door of the house. Winter, December in the UK, locked the door of the house. So by the time she came back from church, they had a revival meeting. She came back around 9.30 to 10. The door was locked. Smith was ready for her. That today what? Everything what? Yes, was ready. And she came back. She didn't even, she tried to lock open the door. She tried everywhere was locked. And she slept outside in winter. In the morning, he was, he was surprised that he didn't even... In the morning, he went and opened the door, looking for her. And then she said, Good morning, Smith. And went to the kitchen and prepared his best breakfast and put it on the table. Smith, so sorry about yesterday night. Your breakfast is on the table. The man that was like this, ready for battle, saw the way she behaved. He was humbled. How can this woman respond like this? I was ready to fight. Someone must be living inside of her that is not at work in my life. How many believers will do that? Do you know what happened? Smith now said, the next time you're going to church, we're what? He followed her to work, to church, and he became what he... If you're mentioning his name up till she passed on when they were in their 60s. He never married because he said, today, I'm who I am because of what she's done. 
for me. That is love. Love is not what many of us call it. That because somebody is good to you, you are good to them. The love of God is when what? When you are patient and you are kind. When you are not jealous. When you are not arrogant. When you are not rude. When you are what? You do not insist on your own way. You rejoice in the wrong. You rejoice where? In the right, not in the wrong. When you're able to bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things, because love never war. That's the love of God. It is the nature of the Father. It's the atmosphere of heaven. It's one thing that we all need, and the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. If we yield to it, if we allow the love of God to manifest, is that the way many of us respond or operate? No. It is always what? If you are good, I'm good. The Bible says that if you only treat those who are good to you, treat them well, what's the difference between you and those who do not have Christ living inside of them? What's the difference? We're not going to win the war with our arguments. Hello? Many of them are better. They can argue better than you. I'm telling you, they can, you can, you can, maybe let's say you are very good with the arguments. You may win the arguments, but have you won their hearts? You have not won their hearts, but you know what will win the hearts of anyone? Love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only word so that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Love is the atmosphere of heaven. Love is what will release our capacity to walk in faith. It's what will glue us together. Love is what will release the power of dominion in our lives. Amen. You know the reason why God does not manifest in many lives? Because of the absence of love. Because he does not manifest. Can I tell you? Go and practice this. Get home. Sweep your, mop it, mop it. And put honey there. Put honey there. Give it five, ten minutes. You know what will happen? Ants will show up. Ants will show up there. Remember you have what? Mopped it, mopped. And I know some of us are very good in mopping and making sure everything. You mop it and mop it. And mop. Drop, just drop two drops of honey. Where did the ants appear? Because honey, sugar attracts them like anything. In the same way, that is the same way that strife attracts demons and devils. And it's the same way that love attracts what? Heaven. When God sees a life that is full of love, oh yeah, that's the area that will manifest more. And that's why exercising dominion is not by power, by might. Let us make man in our own image, carrying our nature. Let them have what? Dominion. over. You can't exercise dominion without carrying his nature. Carrying our nature. He now says what? Verse 28. And I will close here. We'll take communion. We'll close. And God bless them. And say, prosper. Reproduce. Fill the earth. Take charge. What is the blessing 
empowerment to prosper. Empowerment to what again? Prosper. Empowerment to what again? Multiply. Empowerment to what again? To subdue. Because problems will show up. Things that you have not planned for will show up. Empowerment to subdue. And empowerment to walk in dominion. That is the blessing. It's not the money. Have you, know, have you noticed that money what? Money comes and money what? Goes. Oh, I've just won a contract. 20,000. Ping, it's been put in my account. Would the 20,000 be there after 10 days? It comes and it what? It goes. But when you have this one in your life, it's called the blessing. It doesn't go on. It will multiply. It will cause you to multiply. It will cause you to subdue. It will cause you to exercise dominion and cause you to prosper. That is what the blessing is. Rise up on your feet as we close. I want to pray with you. If you are not born again, or you are not sure, please, you cannot partake of this empowerment. If you are not sure, if you are, not, if you are saying, I don't know what they are talking about, it simply means you are not born again. And I want to pray with you. Thank God for the word you've heard this morning. Thank God for it. 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 The blessing. Jesus said to Peter, blessed are you. I want to be able to say, blessed are you this morning. Wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, I want to be able to say, blessed are you this morning. And before I can say that, there must be an encounter in your heart with Christ, with the living Christ. Can you bow your head and recommit your life to him and rededicate your life to him? Rededicate your life to him. Recommit your life to him. Ask him to leave. Remember the word he shared with us at the beginning. I want to live amongst them. I want to walk in them. I want to dwell in them. Not just come and go. Not just visit. Father, go to God. Talk to God. Yield your heart. Yield your life. There's so many out there who will not be won by our arguments. Who will not be won by what we say, but they will be won by the love of God in our hearts. I want you to pray after me, Heavenly Father. I've come to you today to yield my heart and yield my life. Lord, rule, reign in my heart. Be my Lord, be my Savior. I have come this morning, I have come today to rededicate my heart to you. Let my life carry the nature, reflect the nature and the atmosphere 
of your presence. Lord, help me to walk in love, to be patient and to be kind, not to be jealous, not to be arrogant, not to be rude, and not to be proud. I will not insist on my own way. I will not rejoice in the wrong, but I will rejoice in the right. I will bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, endure all things. I will walk in love with my brethren, with my brothers, with my sisters. I will walk in love with them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the strength. Thank you for the grace to walk in love. That love, the love of God, will define the atmosphere of my life in Jesus' name. So that men can see and glorify my Father in heaven. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name.